0: How many of you have uh, played that game before? How many of you played? Okay, a number of you, chess players. All right. Um, <clears throat> chess, it's a centuries old game involving those pieces there of pawns and knights and bishops and rooks and a king and a queen. The ultimate thinking man's game. Each of those pieces, as you know, they can only move in certain directions. It's a game of strategy and tactical moves, a game where one player's move can be quickly countered by the very next move by their opponent. It's the ultimate cat and mouse game. The object of the game, as most of you know, is to see who can first put the opponent's king piece. In a position where he cannot move. He cannot move forward. He cannot move backward. He cannot move sideways. And when this happens, the opponent says the word. You know what the word is. Say it. Checkmate. Whenever that is the case, that the king can't move anywhere, they say checkmate. At which point the king is defeated. Game over. Folks, an epic chess match of good versus evil has been playing out since the dawn of creation between God and Satan. Satan and all of his players and all of his pieces have made it their aim to take out God and all of his players and all of his pieces. And Satan will do whatever it takes to win the game. Time and time again we have seen Satan. He will take humanity to the brink, to the edge. And he will say the word checkmate to humanity. Only to have God spoil his plans and say, not so fast, evil one. What do I mean? You remember the story of Moses and the Israelites when they crossed the Red Sea? Moses had just secured the release of the Hebrew slaves from king from the pharaoh now just a few days later they find themselves camped out by the sea you don't have to turn there for sake of time this morning exodus 14 tells us now the lord spoke to moses saying speak to the children of israel that they turn and camp before and let me hear one of you all say that word <laughs> Turn and camp before Pi Hahireth. Is that good enough? That work? Yeah, Pi Hahireth. Between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal Zephon, you shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land, the wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Here we see Pharaoh even, even having endured the ten plagues that was thrust upon them, we see Pharaoh now changing his mind. He decides to chase after the Hebrews, but he does not want to bring them back to Egypt. This time he wants to utterly destroy them. He wants to kill them. Man, woman, boy, and child, he wants to slay them With the sword. And this is what the enemy said. And sometimes I believe the enemy says these kind of things to us. Chapter 15, verse 9. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Now, picture this with me, if you would. Here we have two and a half to three and a half million Hebrews camped out on the Red Sea. The Bible says there's about 600,000 men of uh, age, of fighting age, but that does not include all, all the women and all the children and the grandparents. And so they estimate that there were two and a half to three and a half million Hebrews who were just sitting out there by the Red Sea like sitting ducks. To the north and to the south, was a coastline as far as the eye could see in front of them was nothing but water. Behind them, a desert, but even worse, an Egyptian army, probably numbering into the tens if not hundreds of thousands of soldiers, were bearing down on them hard at breakneck speed. And I believe when this happened, Satan yelled, Checkmate, I gotcha. Proverbs 21.30 says this, There is no wisdom, there is no understanding, and there is no counsel against the Lord. Let me read that again. When Satan says checkmate, God says there is no wisdom, there is no understanding, and there is no counsel against the Lord. How many of you know that it really doesn't matter what man thinks? It ultimately doesn't matter what Satan thinks, but what really matters is what God thinks. As soon as Satan yelled, checkmate to Moses, God said, not so fast, evil one. And before they knew it, the waters of the Red Sea parted, and the Hebrews walked through on dry ground. I just had this thought hit me this morning, whenever I was uh, reviewing this. You know what it's like whenever you get a lot of rain, a lot of water, and it's just soaking on some, uh, some dust or some dirt, it's a muddy mess. Not only did God part the waters and was there a wall they could walk through, He sucked up all the water from the ground, because can you imagine the mess getting two and a half to three and a half million people through that? He made the ground that was under the Red Sea so dry that they had no problem. No problem. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You know the story. Many of you from childhood days, you know the story. They defied King Nebuchadnezzar's command that at the sound of the music, they should bow down and worship the golden idol. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow because they served only one God, the Scriptures tell us that they heated the furnace seven times hotter than it had ever been heated before, and he, they were cast into the furnace, and I believe Satan said, check me. But just then, God said, not so fast, deceiver. The next thing that we know is that King Nebuchadnezzar, he said, hey, didn't we just put three men into the fire? All of a sudden, there's a fourth man who looks like the Son of God. What I love about this is God not only protected them, God went into the fire with His people. He joined them in the fire, and when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even have a sunburn. God said, not so fast. Another story that you're familiar with. Daniel in the lion's den. The moment that Daniel was thrown into the pit, I can just hear Satan say, Check me. But God said, not so fast, you murderer. And God immediately turned all those lions into vegetarians. (laughs) Listen, all down through history, Satan has worked to get his chess pieces in just the right position to say checkmate, only to have God come to mankind's rescue. But I believe Satan's ultimate end-game goal has been to defeat God Himself. In a day that is probably celebrated more than Easter, back on December 25th, Christmas. <clears throat> on that day, God sent His Son into the world. On that day, I believe that Satan saw His opportunity. Remember 2,000 years ago, when that babe was lying in a manger... Satan began to line up his pieces one by one. He began putting in a strategy. He began to put in tactical moves to take down God himself. What do I mean by that? Go with me, if you would, please, to the events of this time of year. Go with me to the night that Jesus and his twelve disciples, they had their last supper Satan made his first move when he took a pawn by the name of Judas. And for a measly, 30 pieces of silver betrayed the Messiah. As Jesus was arrested in the garden, Satan strategically moved a number of his bishops. Now who do you think the bishops would have been? The bishops would have been those religious leaders. The religious leaders who have been plotting for months and months to kill Jesus, to destroy Jesus, because he called them hypocrites. He called them a brood of vipers. He called them whitewashed tombs. They have just been looking for an opportunity to take him down. And now they had it. And when they finally got Jesus to admit that he was the Christ, the Son of God, they demanded his death. And as soon as they demanded his death, A rooster crow. And Satan advanced another pawn by the name of Peter. Peter is hiding off in the shadows, weeping because he had just, the one time fisherman had just denied his Lord three times, and Satan took that pawn and advanced it three moves. Four. For Satan, it was all coming together beautifully. Every piece was being moved just as he had planned. Next, he makes a tactical move with with a rook, a rook named Pilate, and he moved this piece into place. Pilate knew the crowds were way too much for his small garrison. Listen, some of you or some people say, "There's no way." I mean, how how can the people rise up and cause a riot and cause such a mess? Whenever the Roman uh, army was there, listen, the reporters that there were only, that the Roman army was spread way too thin all across Europe. And they could only detach about a hundred soldiers there in Jerusalem. So it was a hundred soldiers against thousands and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. There was no way that Pilate could have done anything. He was just desperately trying to keep the peace. And Pilate knew he was backed into a corner. He knew he had to let the people decide and so reluctantly Pilate presented Jesus to the crowd and we all know what they said, crucify him, crucify him. Satan swiftly took some of his night pieces. Here are the knights. He moved them into attack position as the Roman soldiers mocked Jesus, as they beat Jesus, as Cheryl pointed out earlier, as they put a crown of thorns on his head. And they began then to beat him. More knights came on the scene. They began to beat the Son of God. Some of you may have heard this. Some of you may not have heard this. But they just weren't a couple of little strips. They began to beat his back with letter strips that, that was embedded with broken pieces of metal and glass. And when they were through beating Jesus, He was torn to shreds. It was even exposing the muscles and the bones and the tendons. And Jesus was left near unconsciousness because of all the blood loss. Jesus then carried His own cross through the streets of Jerusalem, up the hill to Mount Calvary. More nights put three spikes in his hands and in his feet. They soon lifted Jesus high above the crowd. Lifted him high in the air and for the next three hours, we talked about this on Wednesday, it says for the next three hours the sun just stopped shining. Now realize this is what we talked about on on Wednesday. Matthew 27 verse 45 says, "From the hours of six until nine, the sun went dark. It wasn't our six o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock for the Jewish people. Six o'clock was noon." Because their day began began at 6 in the morning. So at high noon was 6 o'clock. So from noon to 3 o'clock, the sun, the brightest, the hottest time of the day, the sun just stopped shining. And the earth stood still. The king was running out of moods. The king was vulnerable. The king was surrounded by. And Satan took his queen piece and he moved it into strike position. I want you to listen to what verse 46 says. And about the ninth hour, that would be around three o'clock in the afternoon. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you remember, we talked about in the game of chess, when the king is surrounded, when the king runs out of options, and when he can't move, the game is over. Folks, if there was ever a time when Jesus was seemingly surrounded and had no way out, it was right now. His band of brothers, the twelve, they were nowhere to be found. They had deserted him. But biggest of all was His Heavenly Father. And for the first time ever, for the first time ever, God felt the abandonment and the rejection of His Heavenly Father. Jesus was out of options. He was done. He was through. And it was at this point that Jesus, it tells us, He willingly yielded up His Spirit and died And as he did, all the demons and all the evil forces of hell screamed in victory. And Satan took his queen, moved it ever so slowly into position, took his finger off of the queen and said that word that he had been waiting ever since the dawn of creation to say. He said that word to Jesus, check me. Every, every year in Europe, they hold the World Chess Championship where the world's greatest chess players come and they compete to be crowned world chess champion. In one of the buildings where they hold these matches, there, there is a famous painting. Some of you may have seen that painting before. I don't know. I don't know who the author is. But in one of the buildings that they hold these matches, there's this famous painting. It's a 16th century painting of a chess match. And the title of that painting right there is called Checkmate. Checkmate. The character on your left, the one that's wearing green, that character is supposed to represent Satan. He has just apparently uh, made a final move in which his opponent, which is an area king, an area royalty, uh, has no way out. And if you get close enough, I don't know if you can see it from where you're at, but if you get close enough, Satan has just a smirk on his face. He has just this weird grin on his face. Because he knows that his opponent is out of moves. The king is completely surrounded And has lost the game. A number of years ago at the World Chess Championship. A world class chess player was walking around and he noticed that painting. He was admiring the painting and then he began to see something that just didn't look right. He zeroed in on the chess pieces. And the longer he looked at those chess pieces that you're looking at right now, the more bothered he became. The more upset that he came. Something just didn't seem right. Until finally he shouted out, It's wrong! It's wrong! The painter got it all wrong! And the people around him are like, What are you doing? What are you saying? You're crazy. And this master chess player said, no, look, look at the painting. He said, it's not checkmate. He said, the king has one more move. Did you hear me, church? The king has one more move. (laughs) Church, when Jesus yielded up his spirit and Satan yelled, checkmate, checkmate. God said, not so fast, you deceiver, you liar, you murderer. The king has one more move. Somebody say amen to that. And three days later, the king of kings and the lord of lords made his final move when he walked out of the grave conquering Satan, death, hell, and the grave forever. You see, the king was not checkmated. He still had one more move. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everyone loves a good comeback story. And this morning, uh, we come together to celebrate the ultimate comeback story. Jesus rising from the dead. But let me warn you. Even though Satan was defeated, he is still trying to take all of mankind down. He continues to yell, checkmate, in the lives of humanity today. You see, He will do anything, listen, He will do anything to keep you and I from submitting our lives wholly and completely to Jesus Christ. He wants to put us in positions where it seems there's no hope, that it's all over. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy our hopes and our dreams. But hear me on this. There will always be one thing that we can say, but God can never say. That again. There will always be something that we can say, but God can never say. Mankind can say things like this. There's nothing more that I can do. There's nothing more that we can do. We're all out of options. Do you realize that our God cannot say that? It's impossible for him to say that. For you see, our God is limit is unlimited. We are limited. He is unlimited. Our God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He will never be out of options. Because He will never be out of options, we should never be out of hope, church. What a blessed truth for you and I here on Easter Sunday morning. I may be talking to someone here this morning who thinks that they're in a hopeless situation. We may have on our Sunday best, our Easter Sunday best. You may have a smile on, but inside you're thinking there's no hope for me in my situation. I'm done. I'm through. But because God will always have one more move, there will always be life after. Because our God will always have one more move, there will always be an after. What do I mean by that? God richly blessed Job, who lived for another 140 years after his tragedies. Joseph God lavishly blessed Joseph after his 13 years of one betrayal after another. After all of this, Joseph had two children, one he named Manasseh. That stands for this, For God has made me forget all of my toil and all of my strife in my father's house. He named another child Ephraim, which means, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. God gave Moses and the Israelites the law, the Ten Commandments, after the Red Sea. Church, we still serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, because He always has one more move. Because our King will always have one more move, we can live happily ever after. We can live happily ever after our struggles, our difficulties, our seemingly hopeless situations. If you were here last week, you heard... Dalton Ryan, was that last week when he sang? You heard Dalton Ryan sing and play his guitar. But I recently heard Dalton's testimony. And I've asked him to come and share that with us. I asked him just to, Dalton, would you come up at this time, ma'am? Um, Brian, you may want to make sure this pulpit mic is on. I want you to hear a story of kind of what I'm talking about here this morning, folks. Sometimes it just looks like I just preach and I just give words. But here's a real-life testimony. Share it, brother, freely. Bless
1: you. Will you bow with me in prayer? Yes. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, um, we thank you and we praise you for being who you are. Um, so much grace as far as the east is from the west, Lord God. You yes. uh, will forgive us for anything and everything that we've done. And uh, that's amazing. Lord, give me the words to say today and be with me and comfort me, Father, and and calm my emotions in my heart.
2: Uh, I'm going to give, Lord, Father, every story. Because without you, I don't know where I'd be.
1: In Jesus Christ's name, we pray. right Scott! i a man, but I'm an emotional man sometimes. Right. <coughs> Good. My name's Dolan Ryan. Go back uh, um, to last summer. Um, the things that I was doing, I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, my buddy was. My buddies would tell me and I would partake and um, but before that I remember whenever I was five years old and uh I was in my aunt Lisa's house. I accepted Jesus in my heart. I was only five and uh I can't even remember my first kiss. But, uh, that. And, uh, going up through life and stuff, um, I turned away from God. Um, from the truth that I heard, from the gospel. And, um, with what I've done, uh, sexual immorality came in my life. Um, along with alcohol and uh, it was fun for a season and um, after that season I was through uh, the pressure and anxiety um, on my shoulders was so much I couldn't bear and um, the addictions that were in my life
2: controlled me and I cannot get away. And I remember think this is it. I can't can I can't go on like this anymore. Wow.
1: Feeling the one thing that you never think about.
2: Yeah. Bless you. Bless you.
1: In my school, I was the most popular guy. I was fun and outgoing. Nobody knew that I had this problem, this underlying issue. A lot of people were doing it with me. And whenever I came to my brink at the edge of the waters, the edge of the earth, I wanted to give it all away. I was done. But instead of throwing my life away, like a lot of people do, Give my life to the Lord.
2: Amen. Praise God. That. <laughs> Every day, I gave it all up. Yeah.
1: My sister's downstairs and just talking about it gave me strength. And I was on my
2: knees. I was talking to my sister there just talking about it. it give me strength. I and I said I'm gonna do this.
1: I said I'm looking my life to the Lord because I've heard the gospel once, and I know it's the truth. And uh, I started walking to my Elisa's my house where I first got saved. And I knocked on the door. She opened it. And I know it's the truth. And I asked for forgiveness in all areas of my life. And uh, I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. That one last time. And uh, from that day forward, I'm a new man. Amen. I'm a new creation. Amen. I'll never go back. Amen. Yeah. Because I know what the truth is, I know what the light is, I know what the way is. And the Word says to dwell on His Word day and night because that is my shield, that is my armor. That is my that is my sword. The Lord is my strength, and uh, without Him I wouldn't be here today. And uh, I thank Jesus for dying on that cross and and raising today. Thank you.
0: Those of you who have marriages that are falling apart. Satan is saying, check me. But the king has one more move. Those whose life has been destroyed by alcohol or drugs. Those of you who might be at your wit's end because financial burdens are weighing you down. The king has one more move. Those that are suffering from Depression. We gave a message on this not long ago. And you've just had your last counseling session. All of your sessions are now over. And you still don't see any way out of your pit. The king has one more move. Those of you who are suffering physically. And the doctors are saying, we're out of options. We don't know what more we can do. Those of you who have kids wayward kids that are going the way of the world and you don't think that you're ever going to get them back and you can almost feel the breath of the enemy whisper in your ear, checkmate. I'm telling you, the king has one more move this morning. When Dalton gave his testimony before, he talked about a time in his life He mentioned it this morning, where he thought about ending it all. He thought about taking that one step. He was really close to ending it all. And that's when Satan said, checkmate. Aren't you glad that the king still had one more move for Dalton Ryan this morning? Praise the Lord. He had one more move. Listen, ultimately Satan... And I close... Band, you can come on up. Singers, you can come on up. Satan is ultimately trying to take all of our souls to hell, church. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But let me remind you, do you remember that what the symbol was on top of the king piece? How appropriate that the symbol on top of the king piece is a cross. How fitting. Jesus took your place and he took my place when he died on the cross. But the empty tomb is how he gained victory over Satan, over death. Hell in the grave. The Bible tells us that we cannot experience forgiveness of sins in real life unless we do what Dalton did. Unless you admit that you're a sinner. That's what the Bible tells us. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and if you confess unto God. Maybe for some of you that's where this step needs to begin. Maybe for some of you, you need to start by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's already paid your price. He's already gained the victory when He came up out of the grave. All you have to do is just accept His free gift. His gift of grace. Listen. Because He lives, you can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fears... Can be gone. Did you hear what I just said? Because he lives, whatever fears that you have, they can be gone. I don't think you heard that. Because he lives, because the king will always have one more move, your fears can be gone. No matter what you came in with this morning and today, whatever fears they can be gone, because we know that He holds our future, and my life and your life is worth the living, all because He lives. All because the King has one Mormon. Aren't you glad? Our King has one Mormon. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father God, thank you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the reality of an empty tomb. It's a reality. Just like we are all in this room, sitting in these pews and these chairs, or Lord is a reality, just like today, being the 27th of March is a reality. You, Jesus, are alive. You are the reality in our life, and because you still had one more move, God, there is hope for our today. There is hope for our tomorrow. Lord, thank you, thank you God.
2: Here this morning, we have that hope. They're out of. Lord, that they'll allow you to take control of our lives. Lord, they'll find that out of options.
0: This morning we rejoice. We give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. Thank you that when Satan said checkmate, you still had another move. We love You, Lord. We thank You. We praise You. We give You glory because of who You are. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Would you stand, please?